Hello and welcome to How to Be Happy with Dr. Wendy. Inside of you is an infinitely compassionate and wise being you never knew existed. I'm Dr. Wendy Hill, talking to you from Encinitas, California, where I help people with their personal and spiritual growth through workshops and one-on-one meetings. Let's explore together how to find your true self and to live the life you were meant to live. We will talk about everything from how to heal your inner child and transform your current life, to how to connect with your highest self, and to connect with others in ways that bring joy. My guest today is Jody Harari, who is a clairvoyant in Carls- Carlsbad, used to be Carlsbad, now is in Encinitas, California. Welcome, Jody. Thank you, Wendy. Happy to be here again. I'm so glad to have you because we are going to be talking about how to grieve. What is the proper way to, to grieve? We've been talking about fear of death in our other podcasts, and that led us to this subject of grief and letting go. I'm imagining that with the clients that you have, that that's a common issue that you deal with, that people grieving. What, what do you say? What do you do? Tell me what your experience is. Well, I like to address why they're so sad you know what what is their fear about death and you know why are they so afraid of losing someone and what I try to help my clients see is that you know like I said in one of our last episodes is that you have to find a way to love the person and to Remember the good things that happened. Grief is missing them. Grief is is our process we go through of missing these people and their their existence in our lives. But it's great to find joy in that and remembering them and laughing about experiences that you had together and thinking about the reason why you feel this grief because you love them so much. And sometimes when we lose people, we just get so stuck in this this depth of sadness and it's for ourselves. But if we were thinking about the person we lost and all the joy that they brought us in our lives, you know, that's a whole nother experience, right? Do you think that there is a helpful or proper way to grieve? I mean, my first thing is feel your feelings. I think a lot of people. That's really good away. advice. You know, it's it's a subject that has come up many times with my clients over the years, and I have come up with a realization and an experience that a person can have in grieving that helps shorten the grieving process, mm-hmm. and also um, offers a way not to repress. Because so many people repress pain, and they will turn to some addiction like alcohol or drugs or shopping or just denial. <laughs> and to talk about how to properly, what I think would be a great way to grieve, I have to talk first about the inner child that we have within us. And the child inside of us is the one that has our core beliefs about ourselves about how worthy we feel we are, how safe we feel we are, how loved and adequate we think we are. And these core beliefs are so deep and they're 
really taken on at a time in our lives when we don't have the proper maturity or perspective to make a good decision about who we are. And yet, there it is. And most of us grow up with a feeling of, to some degree or another, of not feeling worthy, of not feeling safe, of not feeling loved or lovable. And this also goes along with an accompanying belief of, I can't feel my feelings. So many of my clients come into me with uh, almost as though they're missing an appendage, the appendage of their own emotions. They don't know what they feel. I have to actually touch their body right there at the pit of their stomach and, and ask them, what are you feeling right there? And it takes concentration for some people to even know what they're feeling there. So the first thing is to ask ourselves, in this grieving, when there is a loss and we're in a potential grieving, or we should be grieving, which is a healthy thing to do, are we in touch with our feelings? And that was the word that you said, to feel. So what was is very helpful. Let's say we've had a loss of a pet. Let's talk about that for a minute. And that for most people, for many people, their pets, their cat, their dogs, or whatever, are like their children, their closest ally, that energy or that soul that is unconditionally loving. And the loss of a pet can be as profound as a loss of a human, a loved one. So I tell them, I want you to take the child inside of you that has these feelings that may be you haven't allowed yourself to feel. By the hand, take that little child by the hand and go to all the places your pet was. Your pet's bed, food bowl, places they slept, places you played, things you did together. And as you go from place to place, allow that child to cry. Allow the intensity even of yelling, no, no, you can't be gone, I love you so much, and feel the depth and intensity of the emotion of grieving. It's difficult to do, but while you're doing it, there's a great sense of relief and release. To even hear about this process can be difficult to hear because it brings up emotion, and we all have had losses. But trust me, if you do this, while you are crying and tears streaming down or you're crying out no and grieving, you are being your true self. And when you are being your true self, there is always a sense of rightness about it. And doing this process of allowing yourself to express through that inner child whose hands you are holding, you're saying it's all right, sweet girl or sweet boy, to express these feelings and to cry and to yell out. While we are doing that, we heal. And the process of grieving becomes shorter and shorter. We may have to do this several times, but and you may always miss that person or that pet, 
but there will always be a sense of an open door. Now we can live again. Now we can open our hearts to a new pet or a new relationship or a new relationship even with ourselves. I have a friend who lost a pet, for example, who in adopting a new dog couldn't call it by its name, always called it by the old dog's name, couldn't uh, even accept the dog as having a different color or different shape or size or breed, wanting to hold on to that original dog that passed away. And myself knowing that individual does not express emotion or acknowledge it to herself. And as a result, is not having a clean or pure relationship in the here and now, which you've talked about, mm-hmm. with that animal. Also sounds like some karma there. Well, talk about that. Tell me your thoughts on that. Well, I, I love what you said about um, crying. I, I use the term get ugly because we have to get ugly. And, and to love ourselves and for other people to love us, we have to feel, right? Um, and when I talk about karma, you know, with pets and, you know, you're, you can't love the current situation because you're stuck in the old, you know, there could be some karmic attachment to that pet, something that they promised you that they would help you heal. Could the same be true for other for human beings too? Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. Talk about that. Okay, we we come into this life and we. I don't like the word owe each other something, but in a way it is. It's like this owing, this circle, um, but it's a give and take, right? You you give in one lifetime. Say you your pet, um, you rescued it from a river in one lifetime. It was drowning. And maybe it was some other kind of animal, and then it was it's devoted to you for the next five lifetimes to support you. So every time you come back, you reincarnate together. Ooh. And then that pet comes back and says, You saved my life that time. You know, I'm here. I'm here for whatever you need. I'm here for loving support and whatever it looks like in this lifetime. So you're saying that a person or a pet can come back as a as a gratitude to come back as support, to thank you for something that you did in a previous life. Yes, and we tend to come back with similar groups. Tell us about that. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and this is just, you know, as much as I understand at this point in my life, um, there are always new things to learn. So this is none of, nothing is concrete, right? But what I understand in my experience is we, we have these karmic ties and as I've looked at past lives and I see the karmic ties and all the things that we've agreed to with each other and we tend to come back together to support each other again in different kinds of ways to help us learn the lessons that we need to learn this lifetime or the last lifetime or the parallel lifetime but that we're all supporting each other that just like friends here in the physical body, you find your group of people, right? You find your people that understand you and accept you with your ug- ugliness, with your grief, with your joy, with your excitement. Um, it's the same thing out of body, right? We, we're, we're souls, we're spirits, and we get along and we enjoy supporting each other, even if we have to be the bad guy this lifetime or the good guy, right? But we... Um, 
we just enjoy supporting each other in our growth. And so even throughout our lifetimes, we come back karmically to help and serve each other. That's a lovely thought. Well, my understanding is that karma is the law of um, what goes up must come down. That which we give, we, we get back. That which we reap or sow is what we reap. So to tie in, you know, the whole karmic agreement circle um, with our right way to grieve, um, you know, it's just good to think about how can we complete whatever is, whatever um, strings are left untied as we're, you know, seeing our family members pass or friends leave. And, you know, grieving tends to also feel like, what could I have done to help more? Or why didn't I do this or that? And if we think about the karma of it all, you know, did we tie up as many loose ends as we could? And if not, could we come back the next time and tie those up with them another lifetime? What do you think? I think it's very possible. I think that, you know, they're going to leave and probably become some sort of a spirit guide for us, some sort of helper on the other side. And if they don't feel like it, then the next time we incarnate, we can come back together and, and you know, maybe mend some of those things we felt like we didn't um, complete. It's a form of redemption, isn't it? So people who lose people where there's unfinished business, we can know that we can finish that business, that we can, if we've been unkind, we can be, we can be kind to Absolutely. that person, to that soul. Absolutely. We always, there's always another chance. We just, as a human being, we see this finiteness to our life and it's just not that way, not in my eyes. It's a wonderful thought that there's always another chance. So in closing this conversation about how to grieve, I want to remind my listeners that you do have a child within you whose hand you can take and allow the intensity of that child's emotions to be expressed, to cry, to scream, to yell out, whatever thoughts, feelings, or emotions that come up for you. Allowing yourself to do that can then set you free to move forward, to embrace love and life more fully again. Thank you, Jody, for being here and being part of this conversation. Thank you for listening. Remember that you're worthy and loved beyond your own understanding. This is a universal truth. It is meant for you to know and experience this truth in your whole being. If you want to learn more about this experience and how to be truly happy, please go to my website, wendyhill.com. Meanwhile, practice warrior spirit and talk with love to that little child within you.